State Sycamores are tournament champions. The Ramblers of Loyola, Chicago, and Missouri State is Missouri Valley Conference tournament champion. Northern Iowa back in the NCAA tournament. Wichita State Shockers, winners of the Missouri Valley Conference. The Missouri Valley Conference baseball season is wrapped up with the uh, conclusion of the uh, Lubbock Regional as Dallas Baptist came up just a bit short against Texas Tech in that regional final. But uh, with that being said, the uh, the Patriots being the Valley's representative in the 2016 NCAA Baseball Championship, I'm pleased to be joined by the head coach of the 2016 Missouri Valley Conference regular season and the tournament champion, Dallas Baptist Patriots, head coach Dan Hefner. Coach, uh, how are things going today? Going well, thank you. Well, first of all, I didn't get a chance to talk to you immediately after the championship was doing a lot of things walking around. I typically get a chance to interview you uh, at the conclusion of the tournament. But first of all, congratulations on what you guys did in a fantastic season. Um, I guess the first thing I wanted to ask is uh, when you look back at the 2016 year for you guys, another great year, and you guys just seem to, you know, not rebuild but reload, as the phrase is, you know, more than 40 wins once again. Uh, what's the first thing that you look back on as you reflect on uh, the 2016 campaign for DBU? Um, I think just like guys that it, it wasn't a rebuilding year um, and we had a lot of new guys step up, but then, you know, you know, to have a good year after the season we had last year, you need those returning guys to improve as well. And, and we had both this year. We had, guys who are in the program who really stepped up and, you know, maybe were role guys in the past and they became the, the key guys for us this year. And then we had a few newcomers that really stepped in and filled the shoes of some really good players and good pitchers that we lost off of last year's team. So, um, you know, the other thing I was proud of too is we, you know, probably went through some more adversity from an injury standpoint this year than we have the last few years. So, that made it even more special with all the guys that we lost and then to have injuries on top of it and still have the, um, the season that we had was um, really a testament just to the character and the perseverance of the, the players we had this year. It's often said that a lot of teams sometimes will take the personality of the coach and, and then you see that on the field. Um, I noticed one in particular, I'm thinking about at the tournament, uh, you guys in a game against Southern Illinois got down, but, they guys just worked at it, worked at it, chopped away. And and in the flare of the dramatic, you, you have a guy like Matt Deuce hit his first three home runs of the season, I guess of his college career, and, and help you guys come back and get a, a come-behind win in the tournament. When you see your guys perform like that day in and day out, and they, they just keep it cool and calm and know that they have a chance in every single game, uh, is that sort of the, 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 uh, the mentality of the team and how you try to prepare them on a game-by-game basis? Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of our, you know, kind of core things that we want to be as a program is we want to be consistent um, and just be the same guys every day and the same guys throughout a game. Um, you know, one way we kind of try to describe that to the guys is, you know, the way that you are on opening day, like we should be that all year long, you know, excited to play the game, um, you know, beginning of the game, middle of the game, end of the game, if we're, if we're ahead or if we're down, like there really shouldn't be a lot of differences in how we approach the game. And, um, you know, to me, that's the thing that, you know, leads to consistency throughout a season, but that's a lesson we want to teach them for life too, is just to, you know, be the same guy every single day. And, you know, I think that then becomes important for them in their future jobs and marriages and when their parents and those type of things. So it's, 
Yeah, I think that's a really neat thing we get to do as coaches is not just, you know, teach them things that help them be successful in the game, but in life too. And um, then really fulfilling when you see it, you know, kind of come to fruition and, and work out for a guy like Matt Deuce, just like you said, where, you know, we were down in that game and, you know, Michael Baird was throwing a great game against us and, um, you know, but to have a guy like that who just every day shows up and works hard and is a great teammate and, you know, for him to be rewarded and hit three home runs and a, you know, walk off home run on top of it was really, really neat to see. Yeah. It's funny because I, I, after following you guys for, for since you've been in the league now and seeing you guys in person a couple of times, uh, just a, a great bunch of guys playing the game the right way. Um, and this year it seems that, uh, in the Valley, uh, it, it became more of an offensive game. We have great pitchers all over the place, but guys like Jake Burke at Missouri State and Spencer Johnson was named tournament MVP at Missouri State. Um, we put out a video that, that showed all the power at the tournament, 37 home runs hit c- combined by all teams and all players of the game. Uh, and you guys have some great offensive numbers there as well with uh, the Valley's player of the year, uh, a great newcomer down there, and, and just on and on and on. You really cleaned up when it came down to the – the all-conference all awards, things like that. Um, can you talk a little bit about some of the individual performances? Um, I guess starting with Derek Hall, uh, how do you find a guy like that from uh, a junior college and get him in a program and turns out just be an outstanding player for you? Yeah, Derek was really a, you know, he was a game for us this year. Um, you know, he was a very good junior college player. And I think one thing that allowed him to, to step in and be so successful at the Division One level and in a conference as good as Missouri Valley Conference was he comes from a great baseball background. His dad or his grandpa was the head coach of Coach East Junior College for a long time. He had a couple of uncles who played professional baseball and played in college. So, you know, he's a guy who's been around it his whole life and seen it and talked it and um, – so he was very advanced, very mature, just in the way he thought about the game and approached the game. Um, but, you know, he went way above and beyond what our expectations for him were this year. And, um, you know, I think the the one thing that jumps out is the 20 home runs. And like you said, it was a maybe a little different year for the Valley. I think a lot of times the Valley is really known for having great pitchers. And, you know, it's like year in and year out, we have really high draft picks come from Missouri Valley Conference. Um you know, this year was a little different where we had three players hit over 20 home runs. Yeah. You know, Spencer Johnson, Berger, and and Derek Hall. Um, So, you know, that was a, you know, I think a neat thing to see and something a little bit different for the Valley this year, just how offensive the league was. Um, But, you know, to me, Derek Derek did a great job for us with the bat, but, you know, maybe an even bigger job for us as our number two pitcher on top of that and just gave us great starts. He would go deep into the game all the time. So, that was was really, really neat about Derek was, you know, how good he was offensively to be our cleanup hitter, you know, drive in over 70 runs, but then also, you know, have eight wins on the mound. And um, maybe it was nine. I don't know what he ended up with, but, you know, logged close to 100 innings. So um, he wasn't just two players in one. He was two great players in one. So he was a really fun one to coach this year. For folks that don't pay as close, close, close of attention to the game, how, talk about how often is you see that a guy playing two way position, uh, such a utility player with what you know gifted as Derek was or is, uh, that's not something that's that's normal. And there's even a specialty award that's in honor of the utility of the two way player in college baseball, right? 
Yeah, there is. And, you know, like you said, it's, it's rare. Um, every year you will see, you know, a few guys throughout the nation that can really make an impact on both sides of the ball. But, you know, you're talking 300 Division One baseball teams, and there's only a handful of guys that are doing that. Um, and it seems like a lot of times they're, you know, it's, it's really tough to be great at both. Like you'll be elite at one of them and then pretty good at the other. But, you know, what Derek did this year, that's what was so unique was he was elite at both sides of it. Um, the other thing I've seen, we've had a number of guys in our program do it in the past, but usually it would be like, you know, they're a really good position player and then they throw out of the bullpen for us every once in a while. And um, But to be a starter, you know, starting pitching, starting pitcher and be in our weekend rotation, log that many innings, and then be the cleanup guy too is very rare in college baseball. On the At the NCAAs, you guys had to battle through some adversity there. You battled back all the way. Uh, to get to that regional final matchup and, and uh, push Texas Tech to the limit, got them into the uh, that final game after taking them down once. Um, I guess if you can, just sort of, you know, in your own words, a brief recap or statement of uh, how you guys went in the regional final, uh, uh, that regional series in Lubbock, and, and how that worked out for you. Yeah, I thought, um, you know, going into the regional, I thought we were in really good shape. I thought we played very good baseball the second half of the season. Defensively, we played played really well. Um, another thing we've kind of learned through the years is that, you know, to be be good in the regional, your pitchers have to be fresh. Um, you know, and a lot of times, you know, towards the end of the year, you know, you can kind of ride some guys a little bit, or the conference tournament can be one that really taxes guys, and then you get to the regional and you're just flat. They're not the same guys, and so we felt good going into the tournament because I felt like we were playing good defense. All of our pitchers were rested. Nobody had been overused. Our starters, our relievers, all of them had just kind of stayed consistent throughout the year and throughout the conference tournament too. So felt really good going in and then had kind of a huge letdown, did not play a good game in our opening game against New Mexico, um, who had a very good ball club, very offensive team. You know, just you know, didn't get and didn't play good defense, made made a bunch of mistakes we hadn't been making throughout the regular season. So that was a you know disappointing and a huge letdown, but um, the guys bounced back really well. We came back and beat Fairfield in the, the second game, um, then beat New Mexico in the third game, so we eliminated both those teams and then you know made the first championship game against Texas Tech. And it was a a really electric environment there. Um, you know, we played in a number of regionals and probably the only other one I'd compare it to was TCU has a pretty good environment as well. But um, so that was, you know, to play Sunday night, you know, against Texas tech on their home field, about 5,000 people there. Um, and we had a great start from a, a freshman MD Johnson. Um, you know, we, we kind of got out on the lead pretty early on them, which really quieted the crowd down. So that was a, I think a really neat neat game for our program and for especially for some of those young guys who played like MD Johnson, you know, for him to have that type of success in that setting um, was really neat. And then to, you know, advance us to the, the final championship game on Monday. Um, and, you know, at that point we were, we were real short on pitching and we started uh, another freshman, a guy who hadn't started yet this year, but he did a good job for us and kind of, you know, steadied the boat and got us to our bullpen guys who we thought could finish the game out. But you know, it was a it was a good game. It was a pretty clean game. We lost it five to three. Um, you know, I thought we made a few mental mistakes in the game, but I don't think those cost us the game. I think Texas Tech played well. Their pitchers did a good job. 
Um, they got hits when they needed to, and you know they're a very good team. They won the Big 12 Conference by three games outright, and uh, we're a national seed. And you know, playing against them two games, we could see see why they're they're very talented and they play the game well too. So, um, but I was proud of our team. I thought we were we were right there with them. I thought our team was very comparable to their team. Um, and it's one of those ones where, you know, we won the first game, they won the second, um, would have been really fun if, you know, if it was a three game series to play one more game and, you know, have a rubber match there. Cause I thought, you know, two very evenly matched teams and, um, two good baseball games against each other. So, uh, was proud of our guys and how they bounced back after the way we played in the first game. But, um, obviously I think every team's disappointed that, you know, it always ends, a game or or two or three earlier than you would have liked it to. Yeah, absolutely. There's obviously uh we're down to uh, 16 teams that get to that super regional uh, part there on the way to Omaha. So uh, not a lot of teams can get past that part. So uh, it obviously doesn't put a damper on what you guys did uh, on the over the course of the entire season. Just another ph- phenomenal year for you guys. Um, final question for Thank you: you. It's, it, it's it's draft season. It's draft time uh, for the for the MLB draft. Uh, the player selection process uh, just how closely will you pay pay how closely will you pay attention uh over the next couple of days to what happens there uh, not only for your guys that are have the opportunity to play at the next level but uh from a recruiting standpoint is that something that you pay close attention to there yeah we you know we really have to keep close tabs on it we have a number of guys in our you know last year the draft hit us real hard we lost six juniors um they all signed um and so that's you know kind of a challenge the the better the program gets the more you have to deal with not only the juniors in your program but like you said also the incoming guys as well um so we have a number of juniors again this year you know a couple of them colin poche and david martinelli um i think you know those guys are a lock you know they're going to get drafted pretty good from everything we hear and we're not expecting to have them back um Derek hall obviously with the season he had he's got the potential to be a good draft and then um, our shortstop, Camden Duznak, he's another, you know, pretty special player. He had some injuries this year, so that'll not really sure what's going to happen with him. He's a, he's a great player. And I know there's some scouts that like him, but with the injuries and missing a good chunk of the year, um, that might impact what happens with him. Um, we have a senior, Daniel Sweet, you know, we'd like to see him go as well. I think he's a very good player and deserves that opportunity. And then, um, you know, a number of incoming guys that we're going to have to keep a close eye on and, you know, see where they go. And, you know, the, there's a real challenge there because it's, um, you know, that's the goal of every, every player who plays is they want to play professional baseball and we want our players to get that opportunity too. Um, you know, but it's a balance between, you know, helping them reach their goal, but also wanting them to go out in, in an, in a position where they can really succeed in professional baseball too. And, you know, that really is impacted by where they get drafted and when and how much they get offered. So, you know, just trying to help your guys think through that and, you know, truly, you know, do what's best for them and, and not just think about what's best for your program too. So, um, you know, we've, we've been proud of the number of guys we've had drafted and a lot of them have been successful when they have gone to professional baseball. So, uh, really looking forward to watching the draft this year and seeing a few more of them get rewarded with that. Yeah, it's something we watch here in the conference office as well. Obviously, a point of pride, you see so many guys get selected and go on to have success uh, in the minor league and the major league level. So uh, 
we'll be sitting there and, and tracking along. I know I will be following along all the, the next couple of days and seeing uh, some Valley guys' names being called. Looking forward to seeing that happen and hopefully some of their dreams coming true. Well, Coach, once again, congratulations on a fantastic season. Uh, just an outstanding job uh, on the field, and, and you guys represent the Valley in the, the right way. So uh, certainly want to tip our caps to you, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, another great year in 20, 2017 as well. Hard, weird to say that. <laughs> yep. Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. The administrators, educators, coaches, and fans of the Missouri Valley Conference expect nothing but the best from their teams. And the Valley student-athletes take pride in exceeding that expectation. On the field, on the court, on the track, and in the classroom. Celebrating academic and athletic excellence for more than 100 years, this is the Missouri Valley Conference. Shane Dennis has been my co-host on the Rawlings NBC baseball first pitch all season long. And we're going to wrap up the Missouri Valley conference baseball season. As we have been doing in this episode, previously chatting with Dallas Baptist head coach, Dan Hefner, appreciate his time. Uh, Shane, we got through the tournament. DBU came up short in the Lubbock regional Texas tech, but uh, that puts an end to the Valley's baseball season. I guess all in all, when we look at what DBU was able to do, if we just start at the top, um, pretty successful, more than 40 wins, you know, regional final game, uh, with, with Texas Tech and Lubbock. Uh, they cleaned up in the all-conference awards, but uh, the Valley got a lot of recognition on the national stage for a lot of uh, individual performances as well. Yeah, and Dallas Baptist, Derek, has really elbowed its way onto the national scene uh, with Dan Heathner, as you mentioned. They, they've really got something going on down there. Uh, really like their lineup, obviously. They have a tremendous mix of power bats and power arms and and being in the state of texas obviously that helps them quite a bit uh, a lot of homegrown products down there but i i certainly enjoyed watching them play unfortunately for them they they lost their first game in the regional and i think that that absolutely hamstrings virtually every team because it makes the pitching so tough to we saw that uh they even started uh, a seldom used freshman in the second championship game. And while I'm at it, tip of the cap to Dan Heather for saving Colin Pochet from himself. Their, uh, their ace who started the very first game of the Valley tournament, the first game of the NCAA tournament didn't come back on short rest either time. They emptied out their bullpen, um, did everything they could possibly do to piece it together when they had to. And it almost worked out for him. So uh, credit to Dan Heathner for using everybody on that staff and almost got to a super. I didn't get a chance to talk to you after the tournament. Uh, 37 home runs hit at the tournament. You ever seen as much uh, power of that in recent years? No, I think that's just certainly <laughs> remarkable. Uh, it's, uh, it, was a, it was a favorable week and weekend to hit. Uh, as you recall, the wind blew out, I think, yeah. pretty much every day. Uh, the weather started. The year before, there was some rain, and, and uh, no, I don't, I don't recall uh, guys showing off their power quite that frequently, and it, it was frankly fun to watch. I mean, we've we've had the last three or four years or so that we've we've gone multiple games without getting any home runs. Yeah. So I, I don't know exactly what's changed, but I, I thought it was a welcome change. There was never really any 
you know, 15 to 11 games that we all had to just sit through a marathon. But yeah, the the the, the power uh, the power display was good to see in Terre Haute. Yeah, it was we had a flair for the dramatic a couple times. Obviously, the the one game that stood out, and I talked to to Dan Hefner about this, was the DBU and Southern Illinois game. Uh, DBU was down, you know, seven two, and and of all the heroes, was a guy that hit his first three home runs of his collegiate career, first three home runs of the season, and Matt Deuce uh, hitting uh, not only grand slam, but he hit the walk off game winner as well. And and what people don't forget is Southern hit a home run in the ninth inning of that game too, yeah, to bring it back even. So uh, it, it was all over the place. But tip of the cap, Spencer Johnson named the tournament MVP. Uh, just his power numbers this year, uh, along with Jake Berger and along with Derek Hall. Uh, those guys leading the way in the league, but you know you're talking national ranking top top five numbers in terms of home runs from from some guys in the league from the valley this year. That's not something we normally see in terms of the power. Yeah, and and that Berger Johnson thing that went back and forth virtually all year was really fun to to track. Who would not only lead the team in home runs, but as it turned out, they were both in the top five in home runs for much of the season, and then Johnson just went off in, in uh, Terre Haute. It was unfortunate for him that there wasn't too many times that there were guys on base before he hit a home run, but uh, that certainly didn't diminish his power numbers. And, and Derek Hall, the first pitch that he saw in the Valley Tournament, he went deep to the opposite field, had pretty good regional as well. Uh, speaking of Matt Deuce, he hit, hit another home run in the regional, so yeah. uh, he's he's disappointed the season's over for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, it was good to see. And uh, – Derek Hall had a couple of five-hit games. He had a four-home run game. Uh, Spencer Johnson had a three-home run, nine-RBI game against KU, I believe. And then, of course, Jake Berger, the the accolades still coming in. Yeah. Uh, so he'll be he'll be the guy, uh, the guy to watch for next year for lots of different reasons to see how he follows up the season that he had this year. Plus, he'll be draft eligible too. So. Um, it was unfortunate for Missouri State that they had that little tailspin uh, about a month into the season that uh, Dallas Baptist took that one bid all by itself by winning the, the league in the tournament. The draft is uh, pretty much here. And one of the things in the Valley, we, we sort of watch this close because you see a lot of Valley players get drafted. Last year we had uh, a total of 22, I believe, picked. Um, this year, you know, it could be something close in that range depending on how it all plays out and whatnot. Um, when that happens, how closely is monitoring the draft for, for coaches in our league, not only to see their guys get to the next level, but how that impacts uh, their recruiting at the next level? That would be the trickiest job in college sports to me because uh, while basketball, I suppose, if you have a one-and-done or one-and-dones, you have to deal with that. But baseball is unique in that way, and they have to recruit couple of years ahead of time, you try to project which one of your juniors might get drafted and might sign, how many seniors you have left over, and basic uh, turnover in the program due to attrition. There's that, too. You know, we, we don't talk about that very much, guys, that don't get to play as much as they think they should or want to play two positions or whatever the case may be. You have, you have massive turnover uh, potentially every year, so that – that's certainly tough on the recruiting coordinators and the coaches and trying to determine needs and where we're going to be short. Um, and then, you know, in a good way, sometimes uh, a guy will get drafted but doesn't get his asking price and comes back to school, you know, and, and he's good enough that you'll – obviously, if he got drafted, he's good enough, and you'd welcome him to come back to school. And, and 
So there's all kinds of – it's a trick bag, and I wouldn't want to have to deal with it. But the draft is exciting, and it's upon us, and now it's easier to follow than ever. And, uh, you, you know, you're not going to have to worry about somebody calling your parents and having them get a hold of you somehow and let you know that you went into the 23rd round. I mean, you'll know it pretty much immediately, yeah. and that's the exciting part of the draft. Yeah. Let's jump to next year in the league, and I know it's really, really early, but, hey, they do it in college basketball, college football, so we might as well do it for the Valley in baseball. Um, we know some guys that will be coming back that will be really good. You talk about Berger being the guy. Um, anything that stands out to you? We talked about a lot of this year, you know, Southern Illinois youth. Let's let's go there. Uh, they they turned the corner this year, and they had a much improved season. Um, still trending up for the Salukis? No doubt. No doubt. I think they're they're the ones. You know, you look at team-by-team team draft lists and who might go and who might come back and what class are they most likely to be targeted in. You look at Southern Illinois, they're going to lose a couple guys. Well, you lose more than a couple guys. But as far as draft uh, possibilities, a couple of pitchers that are seniors and everybody else is a junior or underclassman. I mean, Chad Whitmer and Joey Marciano may get popped. Um, because they're juniors, Marciano's a left-hander, and they're always coveted. But you look down the line, Logan Blackfan, Greg Lambert, those guys aren't draft eligible. You don't have to worry about them. Ryan Nettemeyer, their closer, sophomore. Michael Baird, sophomore. Um, and Dylan Mooka, while he's draft eligible, not likely to go anywhere. Connor Kopach's a redshirt sophomore. Uh, that's a pretty darn good list right there to start from if you're, if you're Ken Henderson. And if you reload even just a little bit, uh, Pitching-wise, then I don't even know that they can be a dark horse. I think they might be picked to finish in the upper tier. Um, and of course, Indiana State and Dallas Baptist, I think, were the two other stories in the league this past year with the job that Mitch, uh, Mitch Hannes did and then Dallas Baptist living up to the preseason hype. So we can just assume that they're going to come back better than ever next year. But, yeah, Southern Illinois, I'm, I'm glad you brought them up because they're, they're, they're on the come for sure. Their arrow is trending up. I asked Dan Heath and Ryder when I talked to him and folks that was previous interview um, mentioned that the Patriots seem to just don't rebuild. They just reload. And obviously they're in a hotbed of baseball down there in Texas and, and that works to their advantage. Uh, when other coaches in our, in our league footprint have to recruit, how do, what's the, the way to finding the diamond in the rough, I guess is, are these guys just constantly scouring the high school circuits and going through and, and you know, what's, what, if you have the, the, the thought process of being in the coach's mind and trying to find that guy that might help take their program to the next level, what are some of those things that they're looking for? Well, first of all, I, don't, I certainly don't want to belittle or take away from the recruiting process and identifying players, but it's not quite like you have to scour high schools in the back roads of Illinois and Indiana anymore. I mean, everybody's got a YouTube page yes. and everybody's on an academy team and everybody's on a travel team. You really don't have to go very far to find a whole lot of good players in one place. There's showcases, um, perfect game, area codes, all that stuff. So you can identify players. The problem there is, in my view, you can find guys with good 40 times and good pop times and good home to first times, but can you find good baseball players? How important is that to you? Do you, do you? Can you find a guy that will sacrifice himself for the good of the team, or is it just somebody that wants to be guaranteed that he's going to start when he gets on campus because he's gone to all these tryouts and, and academy teams? Uh, I don't want to totally blow up 
travel teams, but they're so prevalent now and so into playing a bunch of games and showing off their wares that some of them are a little short on baseball IQ. So that's that's the the challenge for coaches and recruiting coordinators. They have to sift through all these numbers and minutia and be able to find out maybe in just one weekend, can this guy play or can he not play? And more importantly, can he fit into how we like to play? Uh, I can see his tangibles. I can see that he's 6'4 and 220, but can he hit the ball the other way if three infielders are on one side of the diamond because all he wants to do is pull? You know, to me, those are the things that stick out. So while it's easier to find, quote, unquote, find players nowadays, it's just as tough as it's ever been to find players that fit what you want to do. Before I let you go, I want to hit you with uh, three sort of mini questions here. Uh, Player to watch next year. Uh, besides the obvious, besides the obvious, Jake Berger, who get a lot of accolades. Who's someone that someone that might surprise us? Someone that we should keep an eye out for. If Trey Hare doesn't get drafted, I'll be looking forward to see what kind of year he has. Right. Um, he, he he didn't come out of nowhere, but I think he was he was under the radar and and buried a little bit behind the the usual suspects from Dallas Baptist uh, and and teams like that. Trey Hare, I was impressed with. Um, the Southern Illinois guys we, we already talked about. And then of course, Jake Berger, um, everybody loves and for, for good reason, but I'm going to say, uh, Trey Hare. And if you had to press me on somebody else, um, I like Ian Criston who's a sophomore catcher from, from Bradley. Uh, he ended up getting the lion's share of the innings last, last month or so behind the plate. And he was, He's really solid there for Elvis Domingo. So there's there's two under the radar guys, and and that's assuming that Trey Hare doesn't get drafted in the next couple of days and and signed because he is a junior. Along those same lines, a pitcher. Uh, Alan Beer from the same team, Bradley. He's only a sophomore. Uh, he ended up closing for Bradley and had a really solid season. And then they they started him in a kind of desperation mode, trying to to stay alive in the in the conference tournament. I'm going to go two pitchers from Dallas Baptist, though, uh, Seth Elledge and Dalton Higgins, two guys that won't get drafted uh, because of their age, but they are or were integral parts to that team that was laden with juniors and seniors, but those guys will be coming back. And if you want to start Dalton Higgins, he he might end up being a preseason all-conference all pitcher as a starter or even as a reliever. I mean, he's – he was a jack of all trades and Seth Bellage with that heavy fastball coming out of the pen. Those guys, those are two pitchers and, and along with Alan Beer, three sophomores and juniors to be to, to look forward to next year. And finally, I know it's very early. The draft, as we talk right now, hasn't even started. But on paper, if you just had to think of a team that might uh, make the next step going forward, besides Southern Illinois, we talked about them. Anybody else pop out? Well, Indiana State, I would say. And uh, the only reason I wouldn't say Evansville will continue to do so is because they just got wiped out. I mean, they, they had so many seniors this year. Uh, and Indiana State, I don't want to say that they came out of nowhere, but they they really, to me, they were the surprise. Um, they challenged for the league title pretty legitimately. I think there's a real chance that Ryan Keefaber will be back. He's a draft-eligible junior, but uh, might not be drafted high enough to 
to tempt him to go. They're going to have to replace Andy Young and Andy DeJesus, a couple of their infielders, though, and then Caden Moore, their senior catcher. But they have enough youth, and um, Mitch Hannes has, has kind of gotten their arrow pointed up, so I'll be looking at Indiana State for next year. Congratulations to these guys, Derek Hall, Colin Pochet, uh, both of Dallas Baptist, Jake Berger, Missouri State. All three of those guys were named uh, Division One All-Americans, those various baseball teams, so those three guys from the Valley. And also uh, a number of freshmen uh, from out the league earned freshman All-American honors. Uh, Alec Bone, Wichita State, Dylan Coleman, Missouri State, Dayton Dugas, Wichita State, Jeremy Ironman, Missouri State, Jamison Hanna, Dallas Baptist, Grayson Genista, Wichita State, and Owen Miller, Illinois State. Andy Shadett, Bradley, Hunter Steinmetz, Missouri State. This list is so long. And finally, Tyler Ward of Indiana State. Some good youth in the Valley. I think we haven't seen uh, 10 outstanding young players, 10 outstanding freshmen like that get those accolades. So uh, some uh, yeah. good news for the future of the league. We said it over and over again at the Valley Tournament, but every team has got one or two guys right in the middle of their order playing meaningful games and getting – uh, legitimate at bats as just a freshman, and it was all up and down the roster, all up and down all the teams. It was fun to watch, and and you know we kind of joke about so and so. Seems like so and so has been here for ten years. Well, you only say that about people when they play a lot as a freshman Absolutely. and kill you when, you when you play them. And those those handful of guys uh, are going to be causing headaches for everybody in the league for a lot of years to come. That's Shane Dennis. Shane, that'll put a wrap on things for us for Valley Baseball. It's been fantastic, sir. I guess uh, I'll let you go ahead and get a vacation or something this summer. Uh, I enjoyed it always. As always, Derek, appreciate you. All right, thanks, Shane, and I uh, look forward to next year.